Good morning. I'm Tim Neubauer, and welcome to Safety Unlocked, the morning podcast. I'm Craig Edwards. And I'm Dave Bittner. Today is Monday, September 18th, 2023. Our morning podcasts are focused on current safety topics. Craig, what's happening today? Well, I, I guess we have to um, um, sing happy birthday to the Air Force because it's the Air Force's birthday. What are they, 12, 13 now? Hey, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't, uh, you know, it's like I still Well, really, the Space should... Force is the baby. They're no longer the, the new branch. Uh, <clears throat> I, I still think we should roll the uh, Air Force back up into uh, the Army Air Corps. Uh, and, so they get uh, a haircut because this is the one day a year they probably do. Uh, no, actually, so so that uh, the the army can have better chow. <laughs> hey, I, I, very I like the way you smart think. Smart move. They do have good chow. So their you know their defects are a lot better um, than than the army's. And we're not having the Navy chow either, because apparently it's not that bad, because I think their weight standard's a little different. I've seen some of these chiefs from the Navy. I'm just For saying. those of you who don't understand the military terminology, DFAC is a dining facility or the mess hall where you get to eat, and uh, the Army picks on the Air Force and, and the Navy uh, uh, and the Marines, uh, even though they're, they're, they're very close and compatible units, they are organizations they do like to pick on each other continually. Like siblings, and we will yes. protect them like our siblings. Yes. Correct. <clears throat> yes. All branches so, go that way. Happy birthday to the Air Force. Yes. Um, it's also, um, so Friday we had uh, National Double Cheeseburger Day, where we talked about double cheeseburgers and what Tim uh, was going to have for, uh, for dinner. Uh, but today is national cheeseburger day so only get one i can't double them up but still good so let so let me tell you something about cheeseburgers real quick i didn't think about it last time so when when tim and i were together in the army in texas one time tim made these these hamburgers he came up with this recipe he made these hamburgers and i mentioned to him all these years later and he's like i can't remember it i'm like dude it was so good i haven't forgotten it for over 30 years and you can't remember that recipe <laughs> i mean he, it was something with ritz crackers that you did so so it's it's egg it's a couple pounds of hamburger egg you take the the saltine crackers and you just roll them over and crush them all up and that becomes your your breadcrumbs uh there's probably some Lowry, some onion powder, garlic powder, Wishire sauce. I just can't remember all the stuff you just throw in there. But if that's the part that got you, it was a, uh, it was poor person's um, breadcrumbs. We just grabbed whatever saltine or Ritz crackers you had available. Well, whatever you were doing back then, it was magic. You should try to reinvent that. I'm <laughs> fat enough as it is, Dave. You want to bring that back on again? <laughs> Yeah, so uh, for uh, for burgers, um, I uh, like to I like them a little uh, on the spicy side. So, um, hatch green chilies uh, or habanero uh, pepper, um, <clears throat> or uh, if all I have is uh, jalapenos, then that'll do as well. 
Um, but I like, I like for, for my food to bring the heat. I always had been a big fan of spicy foods. I make a turkey blackened Swiss burger that people swear by, but I don't do the the red peppers, jalapenos, and habanero. Uh, I'm more of the black pepper stuff over there. So, gotcha. But I don't I like discriminate. Cheeseburger is a cheeseburger. I hear you. Gladly pay you Tuesday for a hamburger today. Yeah, there, there you go. All right, so um, no easy way. I, I try and think of ways to kind of uh, move into the topic for the day. Um, so I think um, not a good Talking way about to recipes, Craig. Recipes. Ooh, good one, Dave. <laughs> Very good. So when it comes to recipes, right? You want to you want to make sure you have the right ingredients. Um, and, uh, as, uh, an organization, some of the ingredients that you would need to have are programs tied to OSHA standards. So we're going to segue into program development. Um, so let me ask, uh, I don't know if I want to put Dave on the spot again, cause he always gets mad at me when I do. <laughs> I had test Dave, anxieties. Dave, you guys Dave, know Dave, that it's Dave, not Dave. fair. <laughs> All right, fine. Tim, what are what are some of the programs that OSHA would require um, an entity to have, regardless of industry, whether you're construction uh, or general industry? Well, uh, Craig, there's actually 13 of them that are out there, and I read a really nice article about a year ago and made a safety moment about it. But I'm going to start with some lowball stuff. Uh, as a communication is a program you have to have. Um, Born pathogens we talked about last week is a program you have to have. Uh, you have to have a program on fall protection, and I can go on for another nine, but uh, or ten, but I won't. Uh, I won't steal everybody's thunder. There's a lot of programs you have to have one to assess safety hazards and provide me the appropriate PPE. They're all required programs. Craig, is there any that are near and dear to your heart? Um, so the one that and we talked about it on a podcast a while ago, uh, confined space. So you have to be able to uh, identify the spaces uh, at your facility on your property and uh, properly classify and label them. And come up with a plan. It can be pretty involved, uh, and those are some of the things where you want to reach out to uh, professionals to assist you with. Uh, these are some of the things that we do um, when it comes to uh, development of programs and guiding uh, you along the path to ensure that you're uh, compliant and that you understand uh, what your programs entail. Another one that's uh, near. There's actually two of them. It's kind of, it's kind of a two for one. Lockout, tagout, and electrical safety. Um, lockout, tagout applies uh, is more uh, relevant on the general industry side because you're talking about uh, equipment and processes that are already in place. Um, 
and electrical safety um, in, in a in a facility in a plant may be uh, tied closer to arc flash and uh, how to um, approach your panels versus on a construction site where it's uh, uh, more along the lines of hey. <laughs> What does your extension cord look like? Because uh, you're not typically, and you guys correct me if I'm wrong, not dealing typically with, with big power uh, as you would be in a manufacturing facility. So it depends on which phase of the operation you're in, for one, and where, where, they're, where they're drawing power from. So there's a lot more variables in, in construction when it comes to that. Um, so when you get near the end stages, you have to you have to guard and protect against arc flash too, especially as they're they're putting in those panels in that future plant or whatever building it's going to be. So that's working surfaces, fault protection, absolutely. So absolutely, you have to uh, determine if the surface is safe for somebody to walk on. Um, we can get into the whole um, slip surfaces and uneven surfaces. Most people think about, hey, how far am I exposed of a fall? But it's really is the is the surface slippery or sloped, or or what is it made out of? Uh, those are all things you need to assess and have a plan on. How are people going to walk down an environment or up a stair? EAPs, emergency action plans. So what That's are you going to do? In the event of an emergency, a tornado is coming. What is your plan? Determine chain uh, of command. <laughs> turn on the weather channel. <laughs> There's an app for that. And this is this is why There's we have a plan. That. Right? This is why we need to have a plan, right? So if you don't if you don't know what that plan is and you need guidance, that's that's why you you our professionals like exceed safety to help you with these things because sometimes it can it can seem cumbersome and complicated and you need to know the rules in and out they're usually easy to implement and uh, a little more difficult for the average person to match up with a standard correct absolutely what about what about machine guarding is that something we need to have a uh a program wrapped around but sure you always have to have and, and tools too so on the all the guarding all the guarding all the time so you can keep your appendages and your your senses all intact right and those are your employees correct all guarding all the time that sounds like a marketing uh, uh spiel okay let's work <laughs> maybe a t-shirt huh a high vis t shirt for exceed safety. <laughs> I think I think that works. <laughs> um so when we talk about um machine guarding, um what what are we protecting? I know Dave, you talked about keeping your appendages, but what what what's the whole purpose behind machine guarding? Keeping and that, you that could be a podcast. point of operation. Uh, where the rubber meets the road, where the disc is spinning, where the pulley's turning, where the blade is cutting. Keep me away from that. Correct. When is it appropriate to remove guarding? When I'm not around? When the machine is <laughs> locked out and tagged out or, 
for maintenance and not in operation. <laughs> uh, I don't mean that in a funny way, like wait till the safety guy leaves. Like don't pull a guard off when I'm around because I don't want to be exposed to that stuff. Gotcha. Um, are there times where you can remove the machine guarding without locking out, tagging out, controlling that hazardous energy? Dave, nod your head yes. <laughs> and there are specific terms for maintenance uh, and testing where you could operate the machine yes. on a limited basis with the guard removed. Right. Well, that's part of your plan. Sometimes you cannot make it, you cannot initiate a test. Um, so if you have some PP energized, um, yeah. So if, if you have something de-energized um, and you need to do an electrical test, well, that's kind of difficult, especially if you need voltage. If you say, hey, I got a 24 volt system for this, for this eye or for this photo eye or for the sensor or whatever, Sometimes you have to test, so you can't you can't turn that off. So you do you have to have a, a procedure for doing that. So yes, the answer is yes. So in, in sticking with this, and we won't beat this horse too much longer. Um, would you need specialized training um, in order to do um, some of these tasks that you just described? Testing voltage. Um, <clears throat> Verifying that the um, uh, equipment does work. Well, absolutely, you should be. You, you should have the the appropriate training for any of that stuff. You shouldn't be doing anything with uh, uh, any anything with anything electrical if you are not trained right appropriately. If it's not your level and it's not in your uh, in your scope of practice, then uh, you need to get somebody who, whose scope of practice that is you know, from your maintenance department or, or an electrician. Um, so plumbers are not electricians and electricians are not plumbers. We just had that discussion yesterday. That, <laughs> that, that is, that is 100% correct. <clears throat> so there, there are other, and again, we can, we can leave the machine guarding to probably a, a separate podcast. Um, some other programs that may be uh, uh, required of your uh, business, uh, hearing conservation. If I said what, I'm just being facetious because hearing conservation, a lot of companies ignore hearing conservation. They, They say, you know, we're not above 85 decibels, but but the reality is you have to test to make sure that you're above or below. And that's part of your hearing conservation program is you do audiometric testing. Um, it is it's you need to have a plan uh, in place uh, to say, I need to verify that it's not 85 decibels. Uh, there's a very <clears throat> famous um, uh, court case where uh, someone sued um, a phone manufacturer that when they put on their earbuds uh, and they took the volume they were above 85 90 decibels they wore them in the workplace and therefore the employer allowed it and they had a hearing loss from listening to their own personal devices and the company had no policy whatsoever at all about earbuds not being there or being there 
ambient noise. I think all the uh, cop injuries from uh, roadies and, and rock star uh, crews and stuff like that. So. Sure. Right, so sure. I mean, they have to be done properly, too, right, Craig? You can't just go and test in one spot, right? Correct. Um, the uh, the testing equipment is actually very sophisticated now. Um, and I, I won't plug the uh, company that I've used in the past, but you can uh, put the dosimeters on your employees start them up and check with your check. There's an app on your, that you can get on your phone and you can check throughout the day to see where that individual's potential exposure is, if they're getting close to the threshold, whatever. And then at the end of the day, when you put the dosimeter back in the docking station, you can automatically download the results and have immediate results uh, and no whether they're above the action level uh, or the PEL. And what typically happens, what, what do companies typically do uh, when they're above the action level? What's the first thing they do? Air protection. Air protection. What's the only thing they do? Air protection. Air protection. <laughs> <laughs> and what does OSHA tell you or what does OSHA implore you to do? Engineer that stuff out. That's correct. Substitution, and elimination, engineering correct. controls. And sometimes it's as easy as uh, identifying where that individual was for the period of time or those individuals were that caused the, where there was excessive noise. In their and car then, at lunch, listening to loud music. <laughs> and busting caps on the weekends. No, we're, we're talking about personal experience. We're talking about a specific person who did it not one year, two years in a row. Went out on his lunch break and turned up the radio. We're in the decimeter. And it's like, why is there a 30 minute spike? Where did that come from? And then it's like, oh, and then when we interviewed the uh, individual employees, like, oh, yeah, I was out in my car um, listening to music. Wow. Uh, oh, okay, so we had to throw his results out. And uh, once we did that, um, everybody was, uh, we were below the action level. Uh, he literally, that, that exposure literally put us over. Uh, the action level. Um, but you can not, maybe you aren't able to engineer out the hazard, but you can use administrative controls and rotate people uh, in and out of those uh, noisy uh, positions on a more frequent basis to uh, limit their exposure to the noise. That's not the uh, best scenario. Obviously, engineering out the hazard uh, or eliminating uh, that noise hazard is is the best thing to do. Hmm. Interesting. So we started off talking about uh, programs, and then uh, we went into machine guarding, and then we talked about hearing protection um, or, or hearing conservation program. 
Um, where do we go for for help on this stuff? Uh, are there resources to know what programs we need? Well, you're 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 talking to them right now. Uh, it's uh, Tim Newbauer, Dave Bittner, and Craig Edwards. Um, I don't have. We've got a. Uh, there's a lot of years of experience uh, on this podcast. I think Tim has uh, Tim has the most, and then then myself, and then Dave. Um, or Dave and I are probably pretty close, uh, in, uh, in years of, uh, doing this, uh, in the general industry world. Uh, but we're, we're the people to come to when you have questions on, do I need this program? What do I need? How do I implement? And what can you do to assist me? Tim, this is where you play the exceed safety music, right? Exceed safety. The bed hey, starts I mean, in a minute. Yeah. Hey, we're allowed it's, to do well, shameless plugs on it, our it's, show, right? It's it's it, it is a shameless <laughs> plug, and 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 it's funny. We're kind of laughing about it. If you search online, you're going to find somebody. You know, a, a lot of people specialize, so they'll say, "Yes, you need a hearing conservation program," but they don't know about the other stuff. And we're, I've prided myself in being that general practitioner. So wide range of stuff uh, that we can help you with. Uh, and real experience in the real world is, is what we're talking about. Um, there are a number of articles that I've published and other people have published on what procedures or programs. Um, and then drafting them is a bit of a challenge because there are specific things that you have to say in there, you know, purpose, scope, who's who's covered by it, uh, what documents are generated by that. And that has to match your reality. And we can certainly help you do that uh, on the paperwork side. But for us, it's not just the paperwork. We actually help you implement those things. So we're there the day we start writing the procedure or the program, but we're there to match your reality and make sure that we actually are doing this in a way that you can still be safe and profitable. Um, and we have we um, have an even deeper bench of professionals that go beyond uh, Tim Craig and I. Um, well, it's not so, just the three of us sitting around BSing on the radio. Eating pizza and drinking <laughs> beer. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, so, you know, <laughs> on the outside chance that it's something that, that Tim can't just spout off at the top of his head like he does. Um, or Craig or, or lastly me. Um, we uh, we do have a lot of people that uh, that work for us that, that have a very, very deep and broad scope of knowledge. Absolutely. Absolutely. Guys, I want to wrap up this episode of Safety Unlocked, where we're talking about what programs are necessary. This has been the Safety Unlocked Morning Show. I'm Tim Neubauer with Craig Edwards and Dave Bittner. I'm Dave Bittner. Remember, safety is everyone's business. And I'm Craig Edwards. Make it a safe day. You have been listening to Safety Unlocked, the morning show, a podcast for safety people by safety people. Brought to you by Exceed Safety, a full-spectrum consulting firm. Visit our website at ExceedSafety.com or call us at 919-728-SAFE. Exceed Safety, LLC.